this podcast is proudly sponsored by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are live, live, live from Loyola College, Watsonia. I'm here with Michael O'Keefe. Uh, he runs the blog called The Mock Project, a video blog of a living drama teacher. He is a director and producer of college productions here at Loyola and uh, I'm welcoming him to the podcast for episode two, all about the design process. Please welcome Michael O'Keefe. Thank you, Nick, and thanks for coming uh, here before school year starts. So we're sort of on holidays uh, still, but it's great to have you here and excited to talk about design process for musical theatre. That's right. Right. So let's say we've chosen our show. We've got yeah, it. We've got it done. down. We've locked it in. Even though during the show, the show selection, we do also do mini designs for all of them yeah, to see if sure. they're going to work because what if they don't work but then we, we've made our choice let's pretend um, or we've got one or two in the air and we have to talk about the design that's the set the props the lighting the concept the recontextualization if you want to and then even the music that goes along with it so what's your process what do you do um I would spend a little bit of time looking at a range of other versions of the show. So I do like to do that, though I've worked with a director before that doesn't like to do that at all. And and that's you, right? right. (laughs) Um, Because they worry that then that's all they they see. Um, So I personally don't mind going and having a look at the original Broadway version and then any tours and then the myriad of YouTube versions from really good to downright awful. Um, however, sometimes when they're downright awful, there's still a design idea that could be really great. Absolutely. Um, I watched a few awful ones when we did Footloose. Yeah. And I was like, stealing that. Yeah, Stealing that's right. that. That's why that's I don't watch right. them, because I'm going to start stealing things. And I think it's important in some shows that some design concepts mirror what the audience would expect when they go and see that show. Yeah. Um, I think if you over-recontextualise a particular scene that's really important for that show, let's talk about, you know, Grease, because everyone knows it, you know, if you replace the car with a horse and cart for Grease Lightning, (laughs) you're probably, you you may just be struggling a little bit. I want to see that version. I want to see Loyola's (laughs) West West World version of Grease. It might be Oklahoma and Grease combined. Um, So, yeah, certainly that's, that's an idea. Then we think about what can and can't be done in our space. Um, so we're lucky enough to have a, a fly tower, but it's a half fly tower. So we can't hang full cloths unless they drop during the show. So do we go with digital background or do we use lighting or sets that come on and off to, to hide the giant psych at the back if you're not going to do anything in front of it? So you know, all of these things sort of just get thrown around the table. And so we get our creative team and they're just a lot of the time throwing Lots of ideas into the space. Oh, can we, well, who's your creative team? Let's talk about that. Right. So um, we have an episode on creative team, but let's just yeah, break it yeah. down. Yeah. So um, you know, you're going to have a, a director, a producer, could be the same person. Particularly if you're at a small school, we certainly have them normally separate. Um, a choreographer, a um, I wouldn't say a set designer as such, but certainly sometimes someone from the art department or the woodwork department that might be, you know, come on board. Their skill set will depend what their title is sometimes. Um, A musical director uh, and or conductor. So some years, some years our MD is from start to finish. And then again on skill set and availability of time or other music things that are going on in the school, 
It may be that you're using more of a vocal coach as your MD during rehearsals, then you bring a conductor in. And that they have input on the set and the costume? Um, look, not, not always, but um, I like to keep everyone in the loop. So once I have my sort of team together, um, I have no issue CCing them into email discussions if they're going on and because and, sometimes they've worked in the industry or they do work at a local theatre company. And, well, they're interested. Yeah, they're just keen. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about, you know, the, the, the outer creative team, I guess, as you build your yeah. band of volunteers. Um, but yeah, love to hear. And students sometimes have some amazing ideas as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had a student in Adam's family this year who, who played Gomez, who essentially became a dramaturge. He went and researched every version that there ever was of the Adams family. And it's got this great history because it actually started in Chicago and then they rewrote it for Broadway and then they rewrote it for the tour because it just never worked. Yeah. The tour version did work, but it took them a long time to get there. So he gave us all this information about, well, this song's cut, but this piece of set's still in it and this is why it applies. And that really helped us along the way. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, our design process, yeah, maybe maybe the same, maybe different, yeah. but we, I start with the script as yeah. everyone does. Read the script five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Get get See if you can understand it. My wife, who's also the choreographer for the work, uh, she reads the scripts, listens to the music. She loves to watch different versions online. So, and because I've, She's, um, I call her the choreographer. She's very much the assistant co-director yes. of the productions as well because choreography is so important. Um, but we live the show, basically. As soon yeah. as we've chosen it, we just talk about it every day. We listen to the song in the car with yeah. our kids. We you know, we, we do a deep dive into it. And then we start ideas just start to pull out for things that we want to see and, and things that seem to be through lines. And then because we have limited budget, we talk about what's one or two things we can really do. What's one thing we can make happen? We're also beyond lucky to have, as you said, a raft of volunteers. Um, but our design process starts with a dreaming session. So we bring in maybe 20 to 30 people into a room and then we have a conversation about what what's our dream. If we had all the money in the world, what would we do with this show and how would we make it happen? And then we have our, our set team and our, um, uh, our costume team, uh, our stage managing team, including wonderful students in the room. And then we just brainstorm and go crazy. We split up. We talk about the themes. We extract them. We do drawings and designs. Um, and then we come up with what would be the world's best best yep. case scenario. And then we pull back. <laughs> we pull back until that. we have $1,000. Until we have $1,000 set. Yep. So we just keep pulling back. Uh, and it's maybe one of the best parts of the process when in that design room, talking with those people, getting up a concept and making it happen. We often do recontextualizing. We often, I, either we're forced to, or I'm just, yes. I just love it. I just, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to do the version I've seen on Broadway or yeah. I don't want to be, because, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. Go yeah. and, go and, you know, buy the costumes, buy the yeah. set, do the thing. And we, you know, I guess I work at a school and I want to be toying with things and playing with things and trialing things out uh, at a really low risk kind of yeah. experience where, yeah. yes, we're expected to make our money back, um, but we can push things and pull things, especially if you're doing a show that people don't really know. Yes. And then I think on the other side, if you're doing a show everyone knows, then they can go, oh, that's interesting. You haven't done it the way I thought you would. Yeah. You you know, there were no swings in Matilda, but I, no. I think you're not even allowed to no, have swings. You're not. So no. that was fine. Um, we ended up not doing that, and that was fine, yeah. but we couldn't have had swings. We couldn't yeah. have afforded swings. We couldn't have, like, that's in, not possible. In some ways, the, the rights, some of the restrictions on rights are really helpful because they do make you think. I think Kinky Boots, you're not allowed to have the long um, conveyor belt 
from, but you can have smaller versions of it. So you can, it just can't be the long traditional one that goes off stage. So sometimes those little, um, those, those little things really help. It's funny with Disney, they go the other way and actually tell you that they would prefer that you keep the integrity of okay. the show as much as possible. Um, I haven't done any Disney yeah, shows. They, they sort of um, talk about, you know, I guess they're protecting their brand. So mm. they, 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 they want to make sure that the characters and the set do resemble, um, doesn't have to be exactly what you know you see on Broadway, but they there's some just stuff written in the contract that sort of says you just can't go willy-nilly here and do whatever you want. We oh, want you to sort I, of hold it together a little bit more. I really um, want to do a blacklight version of The Lion King. <laughs> and we're never going to be able to do it because we don't have any, we don't have much diversity in, yes. our, in our school. We have some, not a lot of diversity. We don't have a large African uh, yeah. cohort. So I really want to do it. I yeah. want to do a blacklight you know, everyone covered in, in neon paint it yeah. exploding. But do you think Disney would say no? I think they're probably not going to be too happy with that. Oh, but, um, just the way to do it without it being cultural appropriation. Yeah. Like, totally change the story of, the, of, you know, change the context. But there we go. Do you have a design that you've absolutely loved? Like, is there a show? This is throwing a question at yeah. you. I didn't say I would. But is there one show that you're crazy proud of in terms of your yeah, design? Yeah. Uh, was at a previous school. We did The Wiz. Great show. Um, we have done The Wiz. Great show. And they... Um, the set design was sort of um, like an upside down world and really colourful and um, and so yeah we we and we had some amazing backdrops and we were at a council theatre so we had a full fly tower and all that sort of stuff um, that was really good and then actually the year after and maybe the same we had a, they were traditional set designers so in these shows we actually had. Uh, two wonderful women that were knew what they were doing, and so they they were in our, our school on staff, and they became real set designers. Like, and we did Bye Bye Birdie, and they had a backdrop which was entirely made of vinyl records. So this was around the time that vinyl was getting chucked out and yeah, CDs were in. So all. they basically put them on fishing wire, so not mm-hmm. expensive thing. Bought as cheap as they could at op shots, and made this entire wall of vinyl records. Beautiful. So those sort of little one off. Designs now at the school I'm at, we don't have any storage for our sets really, mm. so we are going down the hiring process. So, um, you know, now so we're sort of hiring our sets from somewhere as the basics, and you don't get everything when you hire. And then where we can have our creative input is what's going on sometimes in front of that big set at the back. Yeah, but um, I also think if we had the the funds to be able to just hire our set, we might just do that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, recontextualize yeah. and change and shift it. Yeah. Sorry, the team does it because yeah. we, there's no option. We, yeah, we can't right. do it. And our theater is super low. We have a two point eight or three meter. Yeah. It's all theater, so we we you know it's not you can't even stand on, on the student's shoulders. So yes. you can't have a door. No, you right. can't have people above a door. Little things like that. So we have to think about our space um, as yeah. well. But and that's the fun part of the process, isn't it? Yeah. And um, for those schools out there that have to use their, their school gym, you're going to have those same sort of ideas, those restrictions. So you've got to think outside the square. Absolutely. Uh, great. So I'll thank you very much on the episode on design process, Michael O'Keefe. Thank you.
Well, that's all from us at The Aside. Uh, if you would like to keep listening, please do. We have a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. If you'd like to ask us a question, please do not hesitate to do so. Email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you very much to Loyola College for letting us record here. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Michael O'Keefe for providing his time and experience. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And, of course, thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out about the blog, The Mock Project, please go to YouTube and search for The Mock Project and uh, you will see it appear. And there's uh, episodes all from last year. And particularly for those of you out there that teach uh, drama and theatre studies, uh, one of the episodes that I think might be really interesting is I filmed the day of the theatre studies monologue and actually spoke to students straight after they got out of the room. So check it out at The Mock Project on YouTube. Thank you so much, Michael O'Keefe.